0: to the Not So Perfect Christian Life podcast. Today we are going to be looking at the topic of Easter, because as we are recording this, um, we are coming up to Easter. Um, And hopefully the idea is to put it out around Easter. But if you're listening to this and it's July, then (laughs) happy late Easter. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Hannah, shall I hand over to you? Where do you want to kick us off with the idea of Easter?
1: Yeah, okay, so... It's a bit of a random one for us, isn't it, to do as a topic, because it's not really, like, thematic. Like, we've talked about rest, we've talked yeah. about worry, but um, it does seem like, I I love Easter. It should be, like, a significant point of the year, like, as Christians, and celebrating, shouldn't it? Because it's remembering yeah. the resurrection, it's remembering Good Friday, it's remembering Resurrection Sunday, And that is like the basis of our faith. It's what everything hinges on in our faith. Like it's Jesus putting into action that he is who he said he was. So, and you know, all the victory and celebration of Easter Sunday when he rose from the dead, that is all just wonderful. And I kind of I kind of feel like it's a shame that it's not more of a celebration, really. Like my kids, they're not doing anything about it in school in the way that they would do about Christmas. And I'm not going to go all sort of, I'm not going to go and insist you should cover this at the school. I just (laughs) just mean it more. It's quite interesting that it doesn't feature. Um, I think that's kind of sad. And so us as a family as well, we kind of try and, make a big deal of easter and try and sort of get the kids excited about remembering it in the way that they would about other things like you know obviously kids they absolutely love christmas a lot of the time don't they and the build-up to it and then like the celebration of it but really like easter there's so much more to celebrate and remember Mm. um but you feel like It's not part of a wider cultural, not really in this country, a wider cultural festival. So trying to drum it up, like, should we bother? Should we bother trying to drum it up? Should we bother sort of trying to give a bit of time and energy investment into this time of year and make it special where it's not necessarily going to be made special for us in the shops or in schools or other places? Like, should, should we bother? Like, what does it, what are we celebrating? What does it mean? Is there any point in going all out for Easter? What would that look like anyway? I don't know. There's some of the questions that I think it's quite good to think about. What about you, Joy? Well, I was just thinking that actually, I guess we must be
0: influenced, like as Christians, we must be influenced by the fact that the culture doesn't really go all out for it. Because yeah. I think that, like you say, with Christmas, Everyone goes mad for Christmas generally. And I know also that Christmas can be a really difficult time of year for people, but commercially it's huge. Yeah. And so I feel like we, you know, we feed off of that. As Christians, we've got obviously the story of Jesus being born, the rest of it. But come Easter, I mean, it it is increasingly getting commercialised, Easter. But I feel like they're a bit topsy-turvy because the whole story of Christmas is Jesus coming, like almost quietly yeah. into like a, yeah. a stable. Yeah. And sure, there were angels and there were shepherds, you know, coming and visiting and wise men following a star. But it was all very quiet and low-key birth. And yet the way we celebrate Christmas is the complete opposite of that. Yeah,
1: and then you've got sickeningly Easter. so, isn't it? Uh, yeah, not- <laughs> I
0: know, it's strange, isn't it? But then you've got Easter, which is like absolute explosion yeah. of... Jesus dying on the cross, like huge, huge um, victory he won, huge sort of uh, like dealing with our sin and and all of that. And then coming back to life. I mean, there was no quietness about that. Like that yeah. was all sort of like, ta-da, yeah. like, you know, yeah. brilliant. And yet we then celebrate that in the complete opposite way of just sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's Easter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I was just thinking about this in my own life, that I do that. So I'm not even sort of saying, oh, well, I don't do that. But I'm like, I do that. And I and I just can't work out why it is, because um, Easter is phenomenal. We have nothing, like, as Christians,
1: yeah. uh, whether you're
0: a believer or if you're not a believer and you're listening to this, like, we have nothing without Easter. Yeah. So even if we just add Christmas, that's like Jesus being born which is amazing, but it's him being born. Like yeah. our whole faith rests on Easter. Um, if Easter didn't happen, Jesus didn't die, Jesus didn't come back to life, it all falls apart. Yeah. But I just can't work out in my mind why it it never feels as exciting as Christmas. So for me, it's got to be tied into the fact that we feed off what yeah. society
1: says about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think so because with Christmas, you kind of get swept along in a tide of festivity, like festivity, overeating, overspending. Everybody is kind of on that train. Whereas Easter, it doesn't happen for you, like unless you drum something up yourself, just like make it a celebration yourself. And I really think like, I want my kids, I want myself to like prioritise Stopping and remembering and thinking about. I want to live a life like that. So I'm not saying that this one patch of time in the year is where we go and remember, not at all. But I think, I do think we've sort of lost that a little bit. You know, through the Bible, there's so many festivals. Um, The Israelites Mm. had so many points of remembrance in their year. So they didn't stray or they kind of remembered. What is who is God? What is life about? What is our history? What has gone on here? All that remembering, remember, remember that I yeah. just don't think I don't know. I don't think we do a lot of necessarily. Um, which is a shame. We'd be
0: hoping, we'd be hoping that in, like, in churches we're remembering,
1: yeah, what Jesus
0: won on the cross and him coming back to life, but um, but yeah, we. I don't know, it may not be celebrated as fully.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, because I suppose every Sunday is like a mini Easter. It's like yeah. getting together and you're remembering Jesus, you're remembering resurrection, all sorts of different things you're remembering. But then it sort of feels like, yeah, that is like a real high point though, to go all out of kind of like, oh, remember how awesome he is. Like, oh, remember how he took a beating remember how he like his body was broken for us remember how he carried that cross up to the hill remember how he needed help to do that because he was so broken remember how like he was mocked his friends abandoned him Mm. how he like suffered a brutal agonizing death and then three days Well, and then he's alive again. You know, his disciples had lost hope. They thought this guy who they were following, who they'd put so much faith and hope in, um, was going to come and change everything for them. And then they sort of are like, well, he's dead. That's all just, all my hope is buried with him. Yeah. Mm. And then it's not the end of the story. He's incredibly risen again. And all their hope is alive again. He's alive again. And yeah, I don't know. Because even... I think even just, re- so as a family, well, one, we've got this. I don't know if anyone else has got, I'm sure people have. Have you ever come across the Hafferty series of books, Joy? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it was something John, I'd never heard of them. John had them, I think, when he was growing up. But um, it's this little hamster and different, like, themes that he <laughs> explores around different faith things. But anyway, there's a and there's an Easter one so we usually like read that with the kids around easter and we usually try and read a gospel account of the easter story with them um as well so it's just a time of like remember remember like jesus is wonderful remember and then we go all out on easter eggs as well make it really fun with easter egg hunts but yeah i just i don't know maybe i'm over egging it ha. no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna uh, be the last one, right? You're not gonna spend I the think, whole time. Yeah, no. And, <laughs> no. I think I think that's like my peak yeah, <laughs> of pun your preparation for the podcast has been <laughs>
0: puns along eggs. Yeah. But
1: yeah. I kind of feel like um yeah, like it's maybe symptomatic of just broader in life, more broadly in life, how we don't always stop and take count and like we don't always stop and rest or stop and celebrate we're just sort of busy and I know we've talked about that before on podcasts haven't we Um, yeah
0: I mean there's something what you're saying which is purposefully putting yourself in the place to remember yeah to sort of look at the story again I mean I remember when I was growing up in a Anglican church and they would do, you'd have the services on Maundy Thursday and Good Friday and then Easter Saturday and then um, Easter Sunday. And I used to find them really powerful sort of going to, we used to have multiple ones on Good Friday at yeah. the particular like hours of Jesus oh. being on the cross and, and I just remember sitting. you know, we had one where we sat in darkness and there yeah. was part of the um the story of what was happening when he was on the cross was read out and there was just very quiet music playing and I it was very meditative and yeah. I just found that really helpful because it allowed me to stop put aside all other distractions and actually really just sit and remember because I I do think guess with all of this we're saying it doesn't just come to you you know you yeah. don't just sit there and go oh I, yeah. I oh I always live in the wonder of Easter like we yeah. should but we don't and so that's that's always what this podcast is about right we should do this but we don't and so how does that work um but I think it's putting yourself in the space of it and saying to God like I guess if you're a believer saying to God I want to I want to be astounded afresh at this I don't want to be blase about it I don't want to be like yeah "Yeah, I hear this story every year and I have to do that with Christmas as well like every Christmas I have to say okay so I know the nativity story really well but Jesus I really need you to sort of breathe new life into it so that I don't just become complacent about what you've done yeah and like with the Easter even more of I want I want him to breathe fresh life into it and so for different people like you've been saying it's, it's doing different things but I think For me, I used to find that really helpful in the run up to Easter, like having specific services that I went to that were focused on different things. And like, I remember going to one on Maundy Thursday, which was about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Mm. And we actually did that. Mm. And it was gross because like you were either washing (laughs) someone else's feet or you were having your own feet being washed. But the whole point of it was to really put you in that place of what it was like. Um, because I don't know about you, and I think we've talked about this before, but you just, you can sometimes read these stories and just be like, oh, yeah, so Jesus got on and washed the disciples' feet. And you're like, what? Hang on. I really need to just read that again and let it wash over me. yeah, Um, And really think about it. And I think that Good Friday and Easter Sunday are exactly the same, of, like, really sitting with it and really reading the account of it and just saying to God, like, I I really want you to stir something in me again. Yeah. Um, Because I want to be astounded by this. Yeah. So come and help me do it when I just, when I'm a bit like as awful as it sounds, you know, and you
1: think, well, I'm a bit like, I've heard this all before God. Yeah. Even though this is the most amazing news ever. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's something in like physically doing something as well that connects with us in a way that just sort of, I mean, I love hearing. I love hearing. I love like reading and hearing the story. I think it's so important. Um, but I didn't grow up in an Anglican church at all. So I never had any of that sort of symbolic, I oh, will do this to remember this. I quite like the idea of it, actually. Yeah. I quite yeah. like the idea of physically engaging with. What has happened yeah. here? It just, it just connects with you in a different way, doesn't it? We're physical yeah. beings. So sometimes you feel like you just need to do something as well. Don't yeah. you need to acknowledge your gratitude? It doesn't yeah. always feel quite enough to say it, does it? You sort of, feel, I feel like, oh, what can I do? I want to do something to express my gratitude what you've done, because otherwise it feels like it's just in here and hasn't come out, like I haven't given full expression to it. And obviously my favourite way to do that is singing. So I just love... Yeah. I just love it. I love it on Easter Sunday when you're just singing, remembering what he's done. Um Yeah, I quite like that idea of some symbolism. Like Stations of the
0: Cross as well. Have you ever done Stations of the Cross? Yeah, where have, they have. Yeah. yeah,
1: because that's good because you I go like around that, yeah. and you
0: see different points of the journey yeah. of Jesus in the garden of gethsemane and then Jesus on the way to um where he was going to be crucified and and that's quite profound because then someone reads a bit of a passage and you stand at this space and look at this picture yeah.
1: and are reminded
0: of it and and so it it takes you on the journey but I I sometimes think it's just doing something different, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, which I suppose is the point of, like, a big festival or celebration. It's not what you do in your normal life. It's not a regular Sunday. It's not what you do every Sunday. It's, like, a special occasion. Um, You plan for it differently, don't you? You prepare for it differently, and then you execute it differently as well. And I think that's really, really nice to do. Just like we've talked before as well about Sabbath, like trying to plan for having a Sabbath and trying to kind of plan your rest a little bit better so that you can really enjoy your rest, make the most of your rest. I think it's worth putting a bit of planning into. I really like the one you just said about sitting in the dark. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, fancy that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe that's just yeah. a stage yeah. of People life. are going to walk into your house and be like... Hannah's had a breakdown. She's just sat in the dark. She's like, I'm celebrating Friday. Come on, people. Join me in this <laughs> yeah. darkness. Uh, I mean, a question I was going to ask about it, because obviously one of the ways people think about preparing for Easter and like, celebrating Easter is Lent.
1: Yeah. Did you grow up with Lent? Well, I,
0: I did grow up with it, but I've never really celebrated. I had a des- disastrous time one time where I tried to give up chocolate and it didn't last very long. Um, <laughs> so for anyone out there who's struggling
1: with Lent, I hear you. It's tricky. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, is it something that you do? I don't think I have ever done it. Those things that are kind of connected yeah. with, but I, I very much grew up like non-conformist circle. That was my church. So anything kind of, anything like that we just didn't we didn't really do we did like other things try to make it special in other ways but I do kind of think some of those some of those structures and patterns for how to remember and the symbols of like like remember can be quite useful can't they yeah
0: yeah but I I'm just interested that neither you nor I have done it like I thought mm. oh I haven't done it. I'm probably one of the few people that hasn't really properly celebrated Lent. Because the other thing is I don't want to do it just for doing it's sake. Like, I don't want to do it because it's like, right, this is what we just do um, all the time. If I'm going to do it, I really want to be doing it for a reason. Yeah. Um, And I, I don't know, I've just... Never really got around to it, I'm confessing that to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even see it like,
1: um, obviously, it's not in the Bible, Lent, is it? I know it's no, taken true. from like truth in the Bible, but it's not kind of like laid out as a kind of key, key practice in following Jesus. Obviously, fasting is, but you can do that. And he said, But I don't know, I wonder if like, because I very much grew up in that context, if it doesn't, you can do these things anytime and it's about yeah. knowing Jesus for yourself and it's about walking in this day by day and growing in knowledge of him and relationship with him. So pray, read your Bible fast, be involved in the, your church, like all these things to help you grow in your faith. But um, I think for me, what it comes down to with Easter is that,
0: with Christmas, I think a lot of people can be like, I can sort of get on board with the fact that there was a person called Jesus who was born. I mean, I I, I don't think people find that too difficult to get on board with, generally, yeah. when I've spoken to people. Easter is a whole different scenario because yeah. um, it's impossible to sit on the fence with what happened at Easter.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because the claims that Jesus was making, the reasons for his death, the, the fact that he came back to life and the claims that then the church have made ever since he did that and that we are still making now.
1: Yeah.
0: I like need a response one way or another. Like it's impossible yeah. to sit on the fence because either Jesus did die on the cross, take away our sins, bring us into relationship with God, come back to life, offer us eternal life. Either he did that or Mm -hmm. he didn't. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no sort of, he sort of came back to life Mm -hmm. or he sort of took away our sins. Or um, even if you say, well, he died, but we don't really know why he died. Like, Then then you'd sort of sit there and think, well, is he a madman then? Because who would die for no reason? And yet he was claiming to be the son of God dying to bring us into relationship with God. So all of those things about Easter prompt a... a decision, yeah. prompt, uh, sort of a looking into, whereas I don't think, uh, like, Christmas is often a lot of time where people do look into the Christmas story, but I think it's quite easy to come away going, yeah, I can get on board with Jesus being born. Yeah. But Easter, I think, if, if you listen to this and you wouldn't say you're a believer, it's definitely worth looking into because the claims that are made over that Easter period
1: yeah,
0: are explosive Yeah, claims. Like, the, the most explosive, probably, that have ever been made in the world. Yeah. And if they're true, they change everything. Yeah. And sure, if they're not true, then we've put our hope in something that is not true. But obviously we would say that we have looked into it and found it to be true. But, but that's the whole thing with Easter is like, it isn't just Easter eggs. It isn't just someone dying on a cross and coming back to life and la la la. It's like, Oh, hang on a minute. That doesn't happen. Like no one does that. Yeah. I mean, people did die on the cross, but they didn't die on the cross for the G- for the same reason Jesus did. Yeah, and Jesus is the only one who's ever brought himself back to life. Yeah, so you know, it's just, and that's the bit that I find exciting when I'm speaking to other people about it because it's like this this prompts a response like, what what do you, what do we think about this? Because this is this is crazy. Yeah, either he is who he says he is,
1: or, or you know, or what what's the other options really? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and I know that's really true. And I know you'll know the um that whole C.S. Lewis thing that we talk about on Alpha courses, um about is he mad? Is he bad? Is he God? And yeah, like the resurrection is is the like piece of evidence, the event in his life, isn't it? That kind of you know, it's the clincher, isn't it? To, is he mad? Yeah, is Jesus mad? Like, did he think? he was God, but he was really mistaken. He was just not, he was mad or like, was he bad? Was he leading people astray purposefully or was he God? So when he died and rose again, like, does that point to him being mad, bad or God? And, you know, obviously you can go into a lot of different evidence for whether the resurrection actually happened or not. Um, And that is really worth doing. We used to do um, alpha every January, and because we were hosting it i would do it as well and mm-hmm. i i just i did really love doing it cuz it just felt like a spiritual detox at the start of the year every year and just yeah. remembering like i really believe that i don't i mean now he's just a very dear friend jesus so i could that's what's won my heart but yeah. at the same time i love going into the historical detail the um like literary criticism like critique all those things of kind of i love the um old testament prophecies that then come true in his death resurrection yeah. like all those different things all those bits of evidence and considerations around it to prove that it happened and just how rational it is to believe in it i, I love i think it's really worth doing um yeah but like you say yeah. it is Yeah, it is far more demanding than Christmas, isn't it? Because him being born in a manger, I mean, obviously, there's a huge amount of like miracle around that story, isn't there? And a huge amount of prophecy around that story that is more demanding as well. But yeah, like you say, it's not Easter's more of a challenge and a demand than Christmas is. And what are you going to do about it, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because it it does just change everything. I mean, I remember yeah. a friend at university who started looking into the claims of Jesus. He You know, he was friends with lots of us who were Christians. And he re- read a really good book called Case for Christ, yeah. which is written by a guy who I think is like a lawyer. And he himself had looked into the claims of Christianity, like all of them, and, you know, gone into them in such depth like you'd expect a lawyer to. And came to the conclusion that it was all true. Yeah. And then he presents this evidence in this book. So it's a really, really good book. And I just remember at the end, because before this friend of ours had read this book, he was really like, I just have a problem with the resurrection. Like, what is that? Because yeah. that's not normal. Yeah. Um, and actually, by the time he got to the end of it... Um, having watched him go on this journey and then come to the conclusion oh i believe this is real and because this is real this demands a response from me yeah um because if jesus did die and come back to life then it means that everything he said was true yeah and it's impossible to ignore that because yeah. if everything he said is true if everything he said you know that we read about in the new testament is true then you can't you can't decide that it's true and then think oh well, i'll just put that to one side because it yeah. jesus jesus doesn't give you that option does yeah. he like he, he really makes it like a no you this is the biggest decision you'll ever make yeah and i've been sp- spending quite a lot of time sitting in that places that the disciples must have sat in so they'd cuz it's so easy to forget that at the time like we've got the bible you know and we've got hindsight but they didn't have any of that they just had this guy pitch up and start (laughs) saying these most (laughs) extraordinary things to them follow me and you know and speaking all this wise truth to them using some of their scriptures but also like really um sort of changing how they were those scriptures were perceived yeah um and and I just think that it was such a journey, wasn't it, to get to that point where they eventually believed in him. Mm. And then all the way along, they're just like, oh, but obviously he's not going to die. Like, despite the fact that he says he's going to die, they're like, <laughs> yeah. well, obviously he's not going to, obviously he's not going to, obviously this isn't going to happen. And, and I've spent quite a lot of time thinking how devastated and betrayed they must have felt when he did die. Mm. Because there was never, ever this perception of him... The fact that he was going to die, even though he kept saying it, like when they believed that he was a Messiah, um, which in the Old Testament is talked about as someone that was going to liberate them and it was going to be mighty and all the rest of it. And of course, Jesus was all those things, but not in the way that they expected. And I thought... Wow, at that point where Jesus dies on the cross, they must have felt absolutely hopeless. Yeah. And like, what have we just done for the last yeah. three years? Yeah. Like, what was all that about? Like, he, they must have thought all things about Jesus. They must have thought, like, he was a liar. They must have thought that he'd betrayed them, totally let them down. Like, what was all that about? And they had to sit it with those emotions yeah. for a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Um, and... And I've just been thinking about that such a lot, that they had really put everything on the line. Like, they had put their whole lives on the line. And so that Easter Sunday where Jesus comes back to life must have just been unimaginable in their minds because no one had ever done it. Yeah. And because I think if it was me, my overwhelming feeling would be relieved. Like, oh, we weren't taken for a ride. Like, what we'd put our hope in was actually the truth. Like, this guy (laughs) didn't lead us down the garden path and then just leave us.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Like, that must have been the most amazing thing of just, he did what he said he was going to do. Yeah. And so all that truth that he'd said to them must have really, like stirred them right when that when he came back to life because I would imagine that all that stuff that Jesus had said in the wake of the crucifixion they were probably thinking that was all just nonsense like he probably was crazy but then when he rose again they must have gone oh my goodness it was all completely true like
1: yeah I mean
0: and that no one had ever made those claims or came back to life you know you think just talking about it now I'm like it (laughs) it is mind-boggling yeah it is mind-boggling what it must have been like for them and I think I guess it's just wanting to n- like relive that almost, yeah, like, regularly in my life, not just in Easter, but like every day. Be like, God, I'm astounded again at what you did. Yeah, like, that you always speak the truth. What you say will, what you say is going to happen does always happen, and that those people that put their trust in you, like, were totally vindicated in doing so. Yeah, um, like it wasn't wasted. Those people who gave up their livelihoods and gave up their families and had to do what, on the surface of it looked crazy things for Jesus, and it wasn't wasted yeah. right? and that's an encouragement to me, right, because we end up having to do crazy things and commit <laughs> our lives to jesus and and you think it's good to know or, i I have real peace in knowing that um that that means something that this wasn't a insane story that it did yeah. actually happen
1: yeah, and just thinking about um what Simon was saying when he came on too about if you really want to go for it, you've you've decided, right, I really want to follow you, Jesus. I suppose, despite being this side of the resurrection and knowing that it, it happens, like maybe sometimes there is a feeling of loss of hope and despair for us, even though we know the resurrection happens, just that feeling of like, I've gone all out for you, Jesus. I've as far as I knew best yeah. I've gone all out for you Jesus and um, where has it taken me like where yeah. am I now I don't know where you are I don't know where I am have I wasted time yeah. have I wasted years like I think I think a lot of people ask that question like think about that don't at some point in your walk with him at some point in following him you're probably going to feel yeah. a bit disappointed with him. And I know we've talked about disappointment before. Um, And actually I was chatting with a friend about it this morning, how, and they were saying they'd been reading um, emotionally healthy spirituality and had just actually been really encouraged and comforted by the fact that Jesus disappointed people all the time when he lived, like the crowds wanted him to do this or yeah. that. And he, didn't like other people wanted him to stay in their house or stay in their area for longer but he didn't like he went off on his own to pray like he's he was just following his father and he didn't mind if that sometimes meant people were disappointed in him because they had different expectations of what he would do and I think he is still like that today he doesn't change does he and so he is still he has got things to do now He's still inviting us to follow him into that. I do think quite often we can feel so disappointed with what it then looks like. I think we imagine that there'll be more transformation than we've often seen or like more fruit than maybe we've seen them. And we'd really like to see more um. Yeah. But and that's even with knowing that the resurrection is true. So just, yeah, yeah. Apply that to our own yeah. lives now. You're kind of like in light of the resurrection. Don't lose heart. Now he's shown in that resurrection that he does know what he's doing. That he does have a plan. He is trying to achieve something. He knows where he's taking his disciples. He knows where he's taking yeah. us. He knows what he's leading us into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's comforting, isn't it? If we find ourselves in that place like the like I was just talking about of that Easter Saturday place. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, what's what? going on? What, what's just happened? Yeah. Like I, you know, I've, I've put my hope and my trust here and it doesn't look like God has come through. Yeah. And sometimes I was thinking, and we've talked about this quite a lot, like you feel like you step out in faith and then you're left thinking, oh, uh, this does not look how I thought it yeah. was going to, and you've got people saying to you, "You're crazy." You know, I've I've had that a few times of when we stepped out in faith, and people have said, "You're crazy." Mm. Like, why would you believe in like this God? Like, he's clearly, you know, dropped the ball or all the rest of it. And you're and you're sitting there in that place, desperately trying to be like, "Oh, I'm <laughs> trying to hang on to you, Jesus," but this does really look like something's gone wrong here. Um, and I just. I find so much comfort with the disciples that they they would have done that. Yeah, um, they would have really sat in that in that space, and I, and I think that is really comforting. And to keep coming back, like you said at the beginning, to remember yeah. that what he plans for will always come yeah. to pass. That no one can ever stop it. Yeah. Like no one could stop his plan yeah. at all. Yeah, like he that he had come to earth. He was following his father's will. That's partly why he did disappoint people because he was like, no, I'm going at the right time to these places yeah. and I'm doing what I'm f- seeing my, like my father's told me to do. Yeah, And yeah, I, I think it is just really just helpful for me to remember, to keep remembering he knows what he's doing always. Yeah. And if I'm in that Easter Saturday space yeah. of like, I don't know what you're doing, God. Then you remember back to this Easter story and you go, well, it will become clear. Yeah. You know, and those questions will be like, we might not get all our questions answered and they won't have had all their questions answered. And when Jesus came back, they probably had more questions, particularly <laughs> yeah. when he came back and went, oh, but I'm only coming back for a bit and then I'm going again. Yeah. And they were just like, whoa. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Like, what has all that been about? Like, you know, you know, they they had loads of questions for Jesus, but I think it was just in that space of going, it was it was never wasted. Like, I, I love that verse, like, no one whose hope is in him will yeah. ever be put to shame. Yeah. Like, it's not wasted. When we put our yeah. hope in him, when we step out in yeah. faith, when we put our lives on the line for Jesus, just like those disciples did in the different ways that we do that, even when we get to those Easter Saturday moments... I think just remembering like, but there's Easter Sunday. At some point, Easter Sunday is coming in in my life and I will hopefully see some of what this is about. But if not, I know that he's got a
1: plan that he will fulfill. And yeah, and that is encouraging for me. Yeah, definitely. And just thinking about... So I think sometimes um, we can know or we can just feel quite confident of like, well, I know that Jesus's plans won't fail and I know that he will achieve what he sets out to achieve but my issue is is this just me like is this just my plan have I pushed like an agenda on God like what what am I was this about me in the first place or was this for him or like how do I get my head around that but even just thinking about um Peter in the Easter story and how mm. I just think so maybe if you're asking those questions or you're kind of trying to get your head around that like I know jesus will fulfill his plans but maybe this was my plan and where does that lead me um but i just think his grace is so vast it even covers that like it, it yeah. covers your mistakes it covers your own egotistical <laughs> like venture like his grace like leads in that and sometimes it leads in ways that we don't that are painful and i don't think he you know he he exposes things when they need exposing um yeah but his grace covers it all and just thinking about peter of how like you know he denied him three times didn't he and like he's right there taking a beating and suffering and his friend is just like oh no i don't know him like three times and he must have felt. So he must have felt the wretchedness of that, mustn't he? Of like the betrayed. He's mm. betrayed his savior. Oh, this was. It was just about me saving my own skin. I didn't have him in mind. And I think we can probably relate to that at times as well. But then Jesus. So how kind Jesus is to him in dealing with him, and just knowing that yeah, that kindness enough. is how he treats us too. And so he comes, yeah. and he doesn't like he doesn't say like Peter like what was that about we need to have a conversation about this you've really let me down <laughs> yeah. he's just yeah. like he just reinstates him of like do you love me yes I do feed my sheep and he and three times he does it to make that point or show that point of like I reinstate you yes I know you're wretchedly sinful yes I know you've betrayed me at my most vulnerable hour I know you've abandoned me when i I I was going through horrendous pain. But the depth of my grace and kindness to you is that I don't hold that against you. I don't mm-hmm. like... I don't admonish you for it. I just restore you into relationship with me and I give you permission to build my church. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, that's mad, isn't it's it? It's bonkers, really, isn't it? <laughs> I
0: know. You're not generally looking for church leaders who have denied Jesus, <laughs> are know, you? I, I know,
1: I mean, like, that's not really
0: top of the list of <laughs> like what you're looking for when you're seeking a church leader. You, um, yeah, it's mad. I mean, I, I'm always a standard, and I was saying this in a talk recently, like, that... When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he asks the disciples to stay awake, so he's like busy praying over here. Yeah. Oh, God, this is agonizing. Can there be any way that this is done? Like, can we essentially deal with their sin without me having to die on the cross? And then the answer is no. And he goes, "Okay, I'll do your will. And then you've got, in contrast, the disciples who are literally being asked to stay awake. Um, (laughs) And, you know, and I'm not judging them because I would be like that, right? I would be just like that. I'd be like, I'm really tired, Jesus. (laughs) I want to go to sleep. Um, But, and it's just, it's mad, that contrast, isn't it? And I, if I was Jesus, I'd be going, what on earth am I doing this for? Yeah. Because I'm sitting here sweating blood because I'm so like agonized about what I'm going to go through and the thought of it. And these people that I'm <laughs> doing all of this for cannot even be bothered to stay away. Like anyone in that instance would think this isn't worth it. These people aren't worth it Yeah, because they can't even stay awake for me. So why am I going through this? And th- what blows my mind is that in the end, like the disciples did believe and they did follow him and were committed to him. But Jesus like went through what he went through for people that may never choose. Yeah. To like get on board with it. And he still did it. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't do it and force people to believe he just does it and shows his love. And then it's out of that, that we go, wow. Like why, why would you die for me? I mean, I've got a lot of people in my life that I love and I would struggle to think about dying for them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and you know, whereas with I just I can't get over often that um that Jesus did that for me. yeah, and yeah, before I could even do anything before I could even seek him.
1: yeah, yeah, I know to, and people he's just jeering at him and mocking him while he's dying for them if they want to receive his forgiveness. it's just it's so humbling, isn't it? Like the very people he's doing it for are the ones that are stabbing him or like like tearing his clothes whipping him and it's just all love poured out for them you can be reconciled to your father you're beating me now but I'm I love you and I'm pouring my life out for you You can be reconciled to your father in heaven it's such beautiful love isn't it I think as well we talk a bit about um in fact John because he was preaching from um, Romans 8 the other day so he was talking about not, you know, considering our present suffering to be worth, comparing to the glory that will be revealed. Um, And he was just sort of talking about how the cross so combines severe suffering with precious joy. So I just think Mm. at the heart of the gospel, at the heart of the Christian faith, is this understanding and expression of, like, pain combined with joy like sorrow mingled in with like happiness and how that's just so true of life isn't it like life is just Mm. like that it's such it's not one thing or it's not only the misery of good friday or the joy of easter sunday it's just such a messy combination of emotion all the time for people isn't it and i just feel like the hope that jesus offers in that of like I know what this world is like. I know what you're like. I understand that you are going to have trials of many kinds, but I understand there's also things that you're going to treasure and love. And that is just what this life is like. And here am I to offer you life to the full now and life forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's reassuring. He knows us, doesn't he? He knows us. He knows what this world is like. Yeah. Yeah, quite the invite, right? Quite the invite. I think I'll say yes. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: seems like a good place to finish, yeah,
1: right? Yeah, it does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if if you're listening to this and you wouldn't call yourself a believer, I think probably both of us would urge you to look into it.
1: Yeah. Like, look
0: into what the claims are that Jesus makes at Easter. Like, yeah. Look into what happened. Like, read it and wrestle with it and see what you think. Um, we've both done that. And we came away um, believing that Jesus was who he said he
1: was. Yeah.
0: Um, and I guess if you're a believer listening to this, then I, I think like we've been saying, it's asking God for fresh revelation, isn't yeah. it? Because even just in this conversation, I found myself being like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> but I wouldn't necessarily say that I started off feeling like that. Yeah. But actually just in the talking about it and the remembering and the reminding and the asking God to come and, like blow you away again with what he's done. He's always going to answer that prayer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, happy, happy Easter everyone. <laughs> um, and we'll be back again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics, please email questions at the notso perfect